I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. It is another edition of Phillies Today. I'm your host, James Seltzer. It is Thursday, October the 1st. As we finally get out of the month in which the Phillies collapse, September collapses over, we're in October, and sadly we watched a bunch of playoff baseball yesterday without the Philadelphia Phillies in it. Hopefully next year our, uh, our, long, wa- our long wait, our long-suffering nine-year wait, second longest in all of baseball, without a playoff appearance will come to an end. But for now, um, you know, just kind of taking stock of where this team is. Uh, last two shows of the season of Phillies today, today and tomorrow, and then that will be it for the year. Uh, been a wild year of shows. Uh, obviously, we didn't have baseball for a lot of them, but made it through, and um, here we stand at the end of a shortened, disappointing season, looking ahead to the future and what it means for the Phillies. I figured today we could do a little state of the Phillies, look at a few of the um, important articles I mentioned yesterday that have been written in the last few days about what's next, what's happening with the Clentac situation, what can John Middleton do moving forward? All that type of stuff. There's uh, some interesting stuff out there. Take a state of the Phillies type of of day. And then tomorrow we will look ahead, uh, look back, and look ahead as we recap what we saw this year and what it means moving forward. So um, thank you to everyone who's been along on the ride. And obviously we'll do more of that tomorrow. But uh, for now, we'll talk a little, bit, a little bit about the state of the Phillies. Obviously it's kind of what we've been doing the last few days just – Taking stock of the 2020 season, taking stock of the roster, the front office, the organization, the farm system. Where are we at? What's next? We've talked a lot about the JT Romito situation, the Didi Gregoria situation. And we will continue to, particularly looking at the offseason even more tomorrow. But um, for now, I think, you know, as we look at the Phillies, I think the biggest question marks for this particular moment uh, surrounds the owner in the front office, as we've talked about a fair amount. In the last couple days, the um, decision John Middleton has to make about Matt Glendak, what it means for the future of the team, what it means if he does or does not decide to move on from him, all that stuff. Three articles uh, that are kind of, that I think are important and um, have kind of given us a clue into where we stand, what's coming, and what it means. So let's start with Jim Salisbury. Salisbury, uh, you know, the deacon, the dean of Phillies coverage, um, the best in the business as far as I'm concerned. And uh, Salisbury with an article on NBC Sports Philadelphia uh, entitled, What Phillies Ownership's Silence 
could mean for GM Matt Klintak's future. Um, and then we'll get to the Matt Gelb article, as we discussed, and then the uh, Bob Brookover article as well, as it broke over a little addendum addition to his tweet the other day. Um, as uh, obviously still funny enough that uh, that Bob Brookover tweet saying that a Philly source thinks Matt Klintak is staying still the only literally the only true report we've gotten prior to the end of the season we had the Ken Rosenthal report uh, saying that you know it was unless there was a deep playoff run Klintak was likely gone same thing said by Jim Bowden in that report and then the Brookover report kind of went against it again none a firm definitive report but We'll get to what Brookover had to say as a follow-up. So uh, Salisbury writes, The fate of Phillies general manager Matt Klintek continues to float uncomfortably in the air. Is he staying or is he going? By nightfall Tuesday, that was when this article was written, the drama will last at 48 hours. We're now at the point where we are on, you know, in the 80-plus hours of it. Um, now, some say there's no drama at all, that Klintek is under contract for two more seasons, and that... That that's the way owner until ownership says otherwise that anything else is well fake news, but Clintac's jobish uh, security uh, Salisbury writes. But Clintac's job security became a major issue 11 months ago, when managing partner John Middleton stepped in front stepped in and fired Gabe Kapler, the GM's handpicked manager, and Clintac acknowledged the magnitude of the issue when he attached must-win importance into the 2020 season, which is true. He did do that and. They did not come through. That is a, a great point. Uh, Salisbury points out that the Phillies obviously did not finish over 500, did not make one of the eight playoff spots. Uh, he points out, as we've talked about, if the Phillies had won just two of their final eight games, they would have made the playoffs, and that might have been enough for ownership to decide that it was sticking with contact, despite the fact that he presided over a winning season. He hadn't presided over a winning season in his five years on the job. Salisbury goes on. But the poor finish and lack of a postseason berth clearly turned up ownership scrutiny of Klintak, not to mention the rage of the fans. We've talked about that a fair amount. It is very clear what this fan base wants John Middleton to do. It's not even a question. This fan base is fervently on the get rid of Matt Klintak side of things. Uh, Salisbury goes on. He says, if ownership was still fully committed to Klintak, it could have stopped all this speculation about his future with a quick statement Monday morning saying the GM was under contract and remain in place. A very interesting point from Salisbury. He says, but nearly 48 hours after the last game, and again, now we're further from that, ownership still has said nothing. And every hour that passes without it saying something could be interpreted as a lack of faith in Klintak and that will do him no favors in the public eye if he remains. The situation has only become more complicated now that the postseason is underway. Major League Baseball discourages teams from making major announcements during its showcase event, but there are other ways around it if Phillies ownership decides to make a change. As we saw last year, right? You know, there was a whole, oh, he can't fire Gabe during the playoffs. He did. You know, he just took 10 to 11 days to do it, but ultimately did fire him during the playoffs. So, uh, you know. I'm not too concerned about that part of it. Salisbury goes on. He says, just like last year when the methodical Middleton took 11 days to rule on Kapler's fate, Klintak's fate isn't the only major item on Middleton's plate at the moment. He's on record of saying the Phillies will lose significantly more than $100 million this season, and the organization is currently offering buyout packages to employees, and layoffs are inevitable, according to an email sent to employees on Tuesday. Would the club be willing to let Klintak go? pay him two more years 
and add a new high salary GM in these difficult economic times? That's a question, among others, that the ownership group is likely pondering as it delivers client tax fate. Okay. Okay. So really good stuff from Salisbury there. And I, I do think that the biggest takeaway from that is is the point that he makes that if Middleton were going to keep Klentak around, if he were decided on keeping Klentak around, he would get out in front of it. He would have on Monday morning said, Matt Klentak is my GM. He will be the GM this year. Boom, it's over. People could be mad or not, but it doesn't twist in the wind, so to speak. I think it's a really good point by Salisbury. And if nothing else, it shows that, that Middleton has not made a decision one way or the other. Or if he has, he is really trying to find ways to support that decision potentially. Um, so that is one thing. But also, I think that part at the end was very significant. The idea that there are a lot of things going on with this team from a financial perspective. And the idea, as we talked about yesterday, but the idea that if if Middleton's going to keep Matt Clentac here simply because of the contract he gave him, I mean, that's, that's a real issue. That's a problem. That's doubling down on a mistake. And I understand it's tough economic times and stuff, but I mean, you know, John Middleton has a lot of money and I'm not making light of anything, but he's a billionaire. You know, sometimes if you make a mistake and you got to take the hit on it, that's the way I see it. And to saddle your team with a general manager you don't believe in simply because you gave money for another year, that means another year of lack of development in your farm system, another year of likely poor decisions at the major league level, all that stuff. I mean, that's a horrendous decision. So we have to hope that that is not a factor here, that John Middleton is making a decision strictly based on evidence. And again, you know how I feel. I think the evidence points towards it being time to move on from Klintak. But um, I don't love that that's out there is the point. I don't love that that keeps getting brought up. I hope, and, and if we're to believe in John Middleton as the owner of the Phillies, that can't be true. It can't be that he gave Matt Klintak a contract extension and he doesn't want to pay more money for a new GM. That can't be the reason he keeps him. And look, if it is the reason he keeps him, we probably won't ever find out, right? I mean, I'll just have other reasons for keeping him. But let's hope and pray that that is not the reason because that would be a real bad sign for this franchise that that a few million dollars that you paid to a general manager are more important than the franchise. You know what I mean? Like that's that's a that's a bad sign. So let's hope that's not the case. I don't think it will be the case. I really don't. Um, but it is out there. All right, let's get to the broke over piece. As, uh, and then we'll get to the Galboom, which is the most dense and, and most fact-laden. Um, the broke over one's interesting. Uh, it's just a short little article on the in the Philly Inquirer, at least the part about Middleton, where he almost refutes his original report. So this is what Brookover wrote uh, in the Inquirer yesterday. He wrote, As the second day passed without resolution on Matt Clintac's status as the team's general manager, a baseball source with close t- ties to a lot of people in the Phillies organization gave a glum description of the mood at one Citizens Bank way. Quote-unquote, There are a bunch of nervous employees in Philly, and it sounds like it is imminent that a GM change will be made, the source said te- in a text Tuesday night. They also said, quote-unquote, Philly's managing partner John Middleton wrestles with some of the simplest decisions. Um... So that is interesting there because Brookover's original report was from a baseball source in the organization that said they thought he would be back, Clentac would be back. This says, quote-unquote, 
it sounds like it is imminent that a GM change will be made. Fascinating. So Brookover, who originally said the one source, now this other source thinks there will be a GM change. So conflicting reports from the same reporter, obviously. Um, but obviously this one after, so I would go with this one over the two. Um, so that is interesting. Um, this article goes on to talk about um, you know the layoffs that are coming and whatnot, and that doesn't isn't as much of an effect on the major league roster that we talk about here. But obviously, you know, it's sad you don't want anyone to lose their jobs um, and all that. Um, the source apparently uh, broke over a source also said that he does believe that John Middleton should part ways with Klintak. He said uh, this from the source as well, saying, "quote unquote, they have the ingredients there to win. They just need to get the right guy in place." So. Interesting stuff there from from the Brookover piece. Obviously, that key part again, whereas Bob Brookover kind of set off the discussion with the the tweet a few days ago saying uh, Philly source tells me that he does not think Matt Clentac will lose his job or he thinks Matt Clentac will keep his job. However, it was phrased. Um, again, this is the exact quote from a Bob Brookover source in this article. It says, "Quote unquote, there are a bunch of nervous employees in Philly." And it sounds like an, it is imminent that a GM change will be made. So that's just, that's interesting, right? I mean, that is interesting that the Brookover piece initially implies, uh, you know, the, the Brookover, excuse me, tweet initially implied that Clintac could be staying this one clearly the other way. All right, let's get to this Matt Gelb beach, which again is um, denser, um, more fact-laden, more interesting, um, and really uh, a lot of, a lot of interesting stuff here, again, um, talking about where we're at the Phillies. We won't go through the whole thing because it's a little long. But um, the title of it from Matt Gelb, A Tumultuous Time for Phillies with Matt Clentac's Fate Unclear Layoffs Looming. So here's the article from Matt Gelb. This is from two days ago. It says, The self-reflection last year commenced even before the season started. Numerous Phillies officials, including managing partner John Middleton, traveled to Washington to meet with the team's coaches. As the Phillies stumbled to another finish, the executives and coaches sat in a conference room and reviewed every player on the roster. It was a standard assessment, except for the fact that the club later fired manager Gabe Kapler, who participated in it. That is interesting. Uh, he goes on, the Phillies have yet to conduct a similar process following the disappointment of 2020. For one, they cannot all gather safely in a hotel conference room like they did a year ago. The coaches have scattered and are headed home to see their families, and manager Joe Durardi is headed to Florida. Uh, it goes on. He says, Middleton was forced to ponder deeper questions about this franchise that extended well beyond the roster. Here, this is the important stuff here. He goes, this is a tumultuous week for the entire organization. Middleton spent Monday, according to sources, debating Matt Klintak's future as general manager. There is no indication Middleton has made a decision or has issued a decision. And until then, everything involving the baseball operations group is in limbo. Okay, so uh, it is interesting to note, again, from sources that Matt Klintak uh, is, that John Middleton has not made a decision. Now, that is interesting for a number of reasons. First and foremost, you would think that after five years, the evidence is, is pretty well laid out before you, you know, that you feel pretty confident one way or the other but we have learned we know again with last year and all that that John Middleton is not someone who's going to make quick decisions you know he is someone who's going to weigh things look at things really try and come to the decision that he feels is the smartest decision for his franchise so we will see how that process plays out and again you know it, it's clearly taking some time and that's okay 
Um, ultimately, depending on, on getting to the right spot is what matters, right? The, the fact that you do worry a little bit about the baseball operations group being in limbo, um, but at the same time, look, it's not like teams right now are out there. You know, it's the playoffs. It's not like baseball ops is doing all kinds of work. Look, you want to get a head start on the draft. You want to get a head start on all these types of things, you know, scouting, you know, get, and, and particularly if you're bringing in a new front office, you want to give that front office as much time as possible to come in and get the lay of the land, feel comfortable, know the scouting department, know who they have at their disposal, meet the driveline guys, like do all these types of things that, you know, you're kind of settling them in and giving them as much time as possible. But again, I don't think a week or two at the beginning of the off season is going to make or break that. So I don't think, you know, it is a, a massive issue. But, you know, you do look at the Angels who fired their GM, Billy Epler, immediately when the season ended. Um, didn't mince words, didn't mess around, just got rid of the guy and and... You know, they are getting a, a head start, so to speak, on a coach, on a search, so to speak, right? I mean, um, now, to be fair, I would think the Phillies are a more attractive job, a bigger market. Um, not that, you know, they, they're not really from L.A. Um, more people care about the Phillies, I would say, and, and they have a better building blocks to build with, even though, you know, we do have our own issues here. Um, the Angels, obviously, other than Trout and Rendon, really a mess out there. Um, but regardless, you know, I don't think John Middleton will take too long because you do need to make a decision. If you're not going to keep Matt Klintak, there are steps that have to be taken, right? I mean, there's, there is a, a next step to the process, you know? Um, all right, some more stuff uh, from the article, the Gelb article, just jumping around a bit. Um, as uh, talking about the teams, kind of where we're at from an economic climb, this was talking about the layoffs and all that. Uh, quote-unquote from Andy McPhail uh, in the letter. In the email, it said, the economic climate is unprecedented and the past losses coupled with significant projective losses in the future make this approach unavoidable. Talking about offering buyouts to, to employees, you should be aware that while other clubs have already unilaterally reduced their workforces by a significant percentage, the Phillies have undertaken a more generous approach with a voluntary first step. Um, so on and so forth. It goes into the details of that. Um, and again, it's, it's a shame that this has to happen. I'm not... Privy to finances or whatever, I don't know, but it is a shame. Uh, look, a lot of people have, have lost their jobs during this tough time that we're all facing in this country, and, and that's sad. Um, it really is, and you know, you hope that it doesn't affect the team. You hope it doesn't get all the way up the, the chain. You hope that a lot of these people can get their jobs back or new jobs or whatever when when things are better. Um, but a, another thing, as he mentions, um, this is from Gelb, which is something we've kind of touched on. He says the financial and lo- financial and logistical challenges are part of Middleton's calculus in determining Klentak's future. Klentak is under contract for two more seasons, and he will be paid that money whether he's the general manager or not. The same goes for his top assistants, Ned Rice and Brian Minitti. The Phillies assembled the largest payroll, $208 million, before a shortened schedule led to prorated salaries in club history. A team's largest expenditure is player payroll, and given the club's behavior with its employees, it is reasonable to expect the Phillies must trim payroll in a meaningful way. That is concerning, right? You know, we've been railing against John Middleton not going over the luxury tax. If they're going to cut costs, that's a whole nother issue. I mean, they again, with with their highest payroll ever, whatever it is, they still didn't make the playoffs with eight teams making the playoffs in the National League. You know, they still were under 500, so that's a real issue. Um, he goes on. He says the Phillies have at least six and a half mil- $65.5 million in salary using 
average annual value for the luxury tax purposes coming off the book, but that figure includes JT Romito and Didi Gregorius' salaries. So, you know, the Phillies should want to re-sign those players. He points out it does, the uh, $65.5 million does not factor in the raises for Zach Eflin, Reese Hoskins, Hector Neris. Those guys will go through arbitration. Um, the push, the article goes on, the push to cut costs could result in the Phillies not extending a qualifying offer to Didi Gregorius, a decision, a decision that would be a slam dunk in most off-seasons. The league is yet to set the price on that offer, but it's likely to be close to one year, $18 million. The Phillies could wager that in a depressed market in which multiple teams might not spend even a dollar on free agents, it'll lessen the interest in Gregorius. It's a risk, but most teams will lean towards the risks that delay financial decisions. Um, that's concerning, right? I mean, we all want Didi back. We loved what he did here. You know, I don't want the the money of a one-year qualifying offer to, to be an issue with re-signing him or getting a draft pick for him if he leaves or all this stuff. I mean, that's wild to me the idea that he might take the one year and that that's it's too much dd for one year 18 million is a steal i mean let's be real any one year deal is a good deal and he's certainly worth that for one year the article finishes out this is why middleton's decision about whether to enact widespread front office change is further complicated by timing if the phillies fire clentac can the other cuts to baseball operations proceed while they search for the group's next leader? Can the team conduct these exhaustive interviews that will dictate the future of the franchise through video chats? How effective would a new baseball operations leader be if he must learn the ins and outs of the organization while working remotely? That's something interesting because I just, you know, was talking about getting someone in here and getting them comfortable. I didn't think about the, the remote part of it. That is another, another layer, another issue. That's a really good point by Gelb. Can people be accurately evaluated in this climate? Another good question from Galvin. We talked about that a lot coming into the 60-game season. Both Clintac and Middleton have said that a 60-game season is that, that you will evaluate on that, and you can. And look, I think that with the way it played out, I think that we can approximate what would have happened over a 162-game season, right? I mean, this team's bullpen would have let them down. They probably would have finished further out of the playoffs if I had to guess, but who knows? Article finishes out. All of these factors are important if Middleton is wavering. But if the owner reaches the conclusion that his Phillies are not headed in the proper direction, they are simply hardships that must be overcome. That is the key there. That's the key. That yes, he's already paid Matt Clintick a contract. Yes, there's cost cutting going on. Yes, it would be a logistical hurdle, hurdles, to bring in a new staff in this time to get them comfortable, to be able to hire people you need if you are cost-cutting within the organization, blah, 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 blah. All the stuff we just talked about. Yes, yes, that is all tough. That is all less than ideal. But on a basic level, if John Middleton knows that Matt Clentag is not the man to leave this team forward from a general manager position, which again, the five years of evidence should nudge you in that direction five years no playoffs not even a record over 500 a farm system that is barren no robust system with guys ready to come up guys ready to help none of that I mean, we're talking nothing the worst bullpen in the history of baseball second worst let's be fair this past season three straight September collapses including this past one where all you had to do was win two of eight and they won one of eight to end the season the evidence is there. 
The evidence is there. If John Middleton looks at that evidence and decides that Matt Klintak is not the right man for the job, and this is what I believe he will do, but then he has to say, all right, even with all those issues, even though it's going to cost me money, even though this, even though that, I have to do this. I have to make this change. He has to. I've always said, and you've heard me say this if you listen to the show at all, but I've always talked about sports teams' owners as owners of a public trust. It's literally what they are. They have, you know, why they have uh, um, federal laws about that, antitrust and all that stuff. But they are, they are a, a public trust. That's why baseball is an antitrust exception. They are a public trust. The owner owns that team for us, for the fans, the generations and generations of fans that support the team throughout their whole lives, long before players come and go, long before managers and owners come and go. Owners can leave. You could sell the team. We can't sell our fandom. You have a public trust. It is a public trust, and you have a fiduciary responsibility to do the best job you can to run that team for the fans. Does it always happen? No. But that is the heart of what owning a sports team should be. And in this specific situation, this is a perfect example of John Middleton having a responsibility that if he believes that Matt Klintag is not the man for the job, none of those other factors can play a role, and he has to move on. It's going to be fascinating to see how it plays out. Again, the key phrase there, right, is that if John Middleton believes, we, we don't know what he believes. we got to see. But it is, uh, you know, it's a big turning point. Uh, tomorrow, we will come out, round out the Phillies today season. Um, can't believe we're coming to an end here as we will, um, again, look ahead to the offseason, what we think will happen, what should happen, and, and again, continue to talk about this biggest decision of the offseason and, and what it means and all that and a whole lot more as we head into the offseason tomorrow. So until then. Stay safe, stay healthy, and thank you for listening to another edition of Phillies Today right here on the Phillies 24-7 Network. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law.